Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host Pierce alongside of my good pal Sh- good pal Schmitty. Um finally making a return back to the show is Reagan. How are you doing, Reagan? <laughs> Feels like we haven't had you on in forever. I know it's been a while, but so I apologize for that. Life has just been so busy. No need to apologize so, for that. I'm glad to be back on. Or we're we're glad to have you back on. So um <laughs> All-Star break is officially over. Thank God for that. Um, I honestly didn't watch it at all. I don't know if you guys did. If you guys did, yeah. <laughs> Getting shaky heads, yeah. Bits and pieces, but that was about it. From what you I heard, it's... Um, watch that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're, you're, you're telling me I gotta waste my Friday and Saturday? Not a chance. Not a chance. I was at my parents this weekend, and I only watched a little bit because we had it on for background noise. Mm-hmm. So totally, I didn't even pay yes. a whole lot of attention, but it was just kind of on. Yeah, from what I heard, like the skill competitions were like okay, which is good. But yeah, I don't think you're ever gonna make. We can discuss about the All Star Game, but I don't think you're ever gonna find a way to make the the game entertaining so yeah i don't think i don't think there's really much to go off there but i was just curious to see if you guys actually watch it because i really didn't at all i think i got glimpses and like like i saw tweets of it in like clips but that's about it i again you can you couldn't pay me to watch the thing i absolutely agree with that um more interesting things did happen though and they happened during the all-star break um a couple trades happened we're finally into trade season baby so Earlier in the month in January, we did get that Cutter Gauthier and Jamie Drysdale trade, which is such a unique trade. But usually there's a trade before every deadline, like a month out, that really starts the market. And I think the trade the Canucks made, and funny enough, last year it happened to the Canucks made a trade, but they traded Horvat to Islanders. And now this time they're the ones making the big move. They got Elias Lindholm and they traded away a first round pick, Andre Kuzmenko, who the Blackhawks were interested apparently. And I think they got Hunter Bruschvitz, who is producing at a very good clip in the OHL right now as a right-handed shot defenseman. I think they got Yanni Yermo, who who is a left-handed defenseman for Finland. Don't know too much about it, honestly. But yeah, there's the first trade there. And then the second trade, the Winnipeg Jets saw the... (laughs) The, the Canucks get a center and said, oh, we got to get another good center too, but they got Sean Monaghan, power play merchant from the uh, from the, the Habs. I think they just straight up traded a first round pick from this year. And then I think it was like a conditional pick in 2027, which isn't a real year, by the way. So yeah, there's there's two, you know, significant trades there, especially the Lindholm one, because I mean, the, the one with Monaghan is just straight for a pick, but the the Canucks and Flames one, like that's a Flynn home going to the Canucks. And then you got a couple players, few players going back to the Flames and then a first round pick. So uh, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on the trade or if anyone wants to step or talk about it here. Uh, for starters, I want to give Vancouver credit for selling high on a prospect because most people mm-hmm. don't do that. Um, I don't know. I just, we've seen how many sub six foot, offensive defensemen have succeeded in this league and like yeah he could be a Quinn Hughes but like I don't know I'd rather sell high and give my team something to play for and reward them for how well they've played and four guys are having career years and they get a guy who can play throughout their top nine like obviously it's a rental deal but 
what do we always say? No one cares if you give one if you win the cup. So yeah, there's that. Uh, Calgary finally rips the Band-Aid off with their first trade. Good. Or I guess their first like legit trade. Some some people could say they fleeced them. Some people can say they got underpaid. We're not gonna know for a couple of years. That's usually how it works with the selling side. But for for strictly what it looks like, which is a rental deal, it doesn't look like there's gonna be an extension on the other end. They they did pretty good. They got a pretty good prospect, got a first round pick, and that's more. And they got Kuzmenko, who it sounds like if he gets hot, they might flip him in a month. So mm-hmm. puts Calgary in a really good spot, I think. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a clear winner. I don't also think it's. I think it's just both teams kind of got what they needed. Lindholm isn't, you know, at his level that he was in 2021, 2022 when he was a 40 goal scorer, and I think was nominated for Selkie. Had 64 points last year, and this year 32 points in 49 games, which is eh, not bad. Like it's not what he put up a couple of years ago, but it's still a guy who can play on your second line center, maybe even third line. I don't know how they're gonna do their lines but he's certainly going to be behind someone like Elias Pettersson so um yeah and then from the Calgary end of things yeah it's good for them to start ripping the band-aid off because they do need to rebuild I just don't know a scenario like because they were talking about "Mm, we might keep Hannafin we might keep Tanov and like no you (laughs) you're in such a a hard division with the Pacific division like there's no way you're gonna make it and even if you do like you're gonna get crushed in the first round just 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 do just do the rebuild man like you you got a decent trade for Elias Lindholm yeah it sucks but I'm there's more pieces they're gonna trade like Noah Hannafim I think would probably go especially Chris Tanov like that's a guy who could potentially get a first round pick if teams are desperate enough I mean right-handed shot veteran defenseman who's played in playoff games before um I don't know what they're going to do with Jacob Markstrom. That might seem more like a like an offseason move because I think he has a no movement clause or some kind of clause. But yeah, I they got they got to start rebuilding. I mean the the pipeline is kind of barren there. I think this is a good way to to, to start things off. So, um, Ryan, do you have any thoughts on the trade? Not really, honestly. I've been so busy, I kind of missed the trade until <laughs> you said the notes. I was like, oh. You just found out now. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I was like, yeah, I completely missed that. But I, I, One other note I want to add with like this trade is that um, I feel like they got ahead of the market in, in some cases, which is a good and a bad thing, but not just for Calgary, but for a lot of other selling and buying teams, it seems like the center market kind of just – died in a matter of a week like the top two centers on the market were Lindholm and Monaghan they both went for ones and I don't think there's another center of that quality out on the market that at least that we know of so it's going to be interesting to see how some teams pivot like I know the Rangers were looking for a 3c so Henrik maybe yeah, yeah. like someone's overpaying for Henrik if Tyler Johnson can string together like 10 games I know his name's getting interest like mm-hmm. I think I saw the Kings there. They're shopping someone like Arthur Kaliev. And it's like, yeah, they would trade him if they could get like a gritty, you know, depth piece back. back. So call him Blackwell. You are a LA King. <laughs> I think they trade him for a goalie in a heartbeat, honestly. Like, oh man, they're, you know, you know, you got to be in a bad spot when they're bringing in DJ Smith as like an assistant. Like, yeah. they're, like from what Tanner told me, they're like, getting Babs's old crew together in LA now, which is rough. Um, <clears throat> that's a whole other thing, but I, I, 
like the the Calgary we'll trade get into is, that later. Yeah. yeah, the Calgary trades a it's a wait and see, I guess. But uh, I don't think either side like clearly lost, which no. is usually a good sign. Obviously, if Vancouver gets bounced in round one, like we're gonna look back on this kid differently. But yeah, maybe they shouldn't have done that. That's why it's a wait and see <laughs> thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually there's a few there's rental trades where it's like, oh, th- this team clearly got what they needed. They're better, and this rebuilding team got like, yeah, we're as with this trade. Yeah, Vancouver's trying to make trying to get better, trying to gear up for a deep playoff run. Where the Flames, I think, are trying to rebuild. They should be trying to rebuild, but you don't really know what the value because Lindholm is kind of underperforming. Like he could, there's still another level to his game. He could find same with Kuzmenko and Calgary. Kind of like you mentioned, Kuzmenko has like a hot month there. They could just end up flipping him as well. And those prospects they got, like it's, it's magic beans. Maybe Hunter Brustovitz does become something special, but I mean, I think he's in his plus one draft year or even I think it's plus one or plus two draft year either it's way. Plus one. Yeah, plus one, and he's putting up very good numbers. You don't, you just don't really know what you're going to get out of that in the first round pick. That's the magic bean of magic beans. Like <laughs> you don't but really like, know. But the reason I said like I sell high from Vancouver's perspective because like when's a, when are you going to have a third round pick that puts up that many points? And yeah, if you don't see a spot for him in the future, which maybe they mm-hmm. did, but like I don't know. I just think I think it was a good move from Vancouver's perspective, even if they don't go far in the playoffs because you got to reward your group somehow you know what i mean absolutely i i agree with that uh, i don't think it's bad from calgary either yeah i think we might i think we might have to wait like a month to see mm-hmm. kind of see where it's at like before the like right at the deadline funny enough um yeah looking at their their forward core right now so this is daily face off they have pia suitor blackhawks legend on the first line with jt miller and brock besser then second line they have Mikheyev, Pedersen, and Lindholm, which is that's interesting. And then third line Dakota Joshua, Teddy Bluger, and Connor Garland. That's been like their 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 that's shutdown line. line. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the third or fourth line you have Nils Hoglander, Nils Amon, and Sam Lafferty. Baby, let's go. And then their defense is Quinn Hughes, Phil Peronic, Ian Cole, Tyler Myers, and then Nikita Zadorov and and Noah Juleson. I wonder. I wonder if they do go back to Calgary and look at Chris Tanev because, well, Chris Tanev played there for so long. And I'm pretty sure I saw it when the tra- that trade was unfolding. I saw Cam Robinson say, oh, don't be surprised if, you know, maybe Vancouver, you know, looks for Tanev. And there's a couple other Vancouver guys saying, yeah, that might happen. And I wonder if they maybe go back to Calgary and get Tanev in a later trade. But, yeah, I think. If, if Vancouver can add one more defenseman, I mean, you can never add, add enough defensemen. But if they could add another defenseman, caliber of Tanov, like, yeah, this team, they're set up for a pretty long playoff run. So, yeah. Um, onto the Sean Monahan trade. Um, <laughs> I, I like Montreal basically got two first round picks for him, and to loop it back to Calgary, Calgary had to dump a first round pick to get rid of Sean Monaghan they got a first round pick for back from Vancouver and now Montreal's got two first round picks for for Sean Monaghan um yeah Elias Lindholm was clearly the best center of like the 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 rental market and Sean Monaghan I think is a tier below he's having a very good year he's been very productive in in Montreal but I mean injuries have plagued him he's pretty much a power play merchant but that works out for the Jets because from what I've seen, even though they're having a great year, their power play isn't so great. And 
you kind of brought that up earlier. Why couldn't, uh, you know, maybe these teams could have waited, like like Calgary could have waited till the deadline, maybe got a bigger haul back. I think, especially in the case of the Habs with Monaghan's injury history, I think it's good that they just got rid of them right now. They saw, you know, first round pick. Okay, let's not fuck with this. Let's get the first round pick and and we're good. But um, just, yeah, I this is obviously, I don't think it's going to be extend, but Monaghan has a rental in Winnipeg and I think he's making less than $2 million. Like, I think they're going to make other moves there, but I don't love it. I mean, it's all right, but yeah, Montreal getting two first round picks for Sean Monaghan, basically. That's a that's team tidy business, really, right there. Yeah, you just got to draft well with those picks. That's what it always comes down to. And it seems like with that regime, they hit more than they miss, but also, like, their first-round picks have been very hit or miss. So it'll be interesting. I mean, their see. first overall pick was your self We're not going to talk about that draft class. Their best pick was in the second <laughs> round. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, you know, tidy business, getting two first for a cap dump, like, that's – Great business. Can't even doesn't matter what happens. Like you said, Monahan's had a streak of health. Sell now, just in case he because you said like you said he is injury prone. It gives Winnipeg a different amount of depth because I really don't know where they're gonna slot Monahan five on five. Like I know he's a power play specialist, but like I feel like they're kind of deep down the middle. I don't know where you're gonna put him, but Maybe it's like you play play him on the wing, bottom six, and then he goes on the power play. Like I don't know what they're gonna do, but um, they got, depth. They one, got very good depth. Mm-hmm. It's another one of those cases though where you reward your group for doing well, and Winnipeg is debt, especially coming off the Dubois trade, where like people did think they came out pretty good off that trade, but like, oh man, have I they mean ever? now it, it looks like <laughs> yeah. a obviously it's the first year of that trade, but then. It's good returns right now. Velarde's having a career year. Like they're in depth from Ayafalo and Kupari. And um their defense has played extremely well. Hellbuck's on a Vesna caliber year. And why not reward your guys? And on top of all that, they didn't fall they didn't falter once Kyle Connor was out like six weeks. But yeah, might as well reward this group. I like I like the trade for Winnipeg. You're not gonna use that first anyway. If you think you're yeah. that good, that picks twenty seven at minimum. So yeah, I mean, I I just I just don't think the the rental market out there is that strong. So I mean, if you're gonna spend spend it for Sean Manahan, you like you could do worse. Um, yeah, they have they have such great forward depth and kind of like it, it won't hurt them train that first round pick because they've they've drafted so well in the first round way more often than not. Their first line on daily faceoff is Kyle Connor, Mark Scheifele, and it looks like they're using Gabriel Velarde on the wing. Um, their second line. So they have Sean Monahan on the second line with Cole Perfetti and Nikolai Ehlers. He's gonna get, I would think, a few, <laughs> a few assists, five on five, just passing the puck to those guys. Their third line is Nino Niederreiter, Adam Lowry, and Mason Appleton. That's pretty good for a third line. And then your fourth line is Morgan Barron, Vladislav Nemesnikov, and Alex Iofalo. follow on your fourth line is crazy. Uh, kind of, kind of the same thing. <laughs> I think they're very similar with Vancouver and a lot of things. But yeah, just looking at their defensive pairing, Morrissey, Demello, that's solid. Obviously, with Morrissey, they still got Dylan Schmidt, but they're not playing together. It's it's Dylan and Pionk, and then Sandberg and and Schmidt. But yeah, if they add another defenseman in there, like another guy that can play in your top six, yeah, this team is team is set for a long playoff run for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah, they're they're in good shape for the future. That's there's no doubt there. <clears throat> and 
that's credit to their GM, who I'm not trying to give credit to because he probably shouldn't even be in the office, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, yeah, I, I, it's good for Jets fans because this is a rough year. I know they were talking about like low season ticket sales this offseason, and they were trying to like rebrand the team a little bit and a little touch and go there in the offseason, but like it seems like the team has really rallied. I think also like just locking down Hellebuck and Shifley before the season starts, I feel like that gives your team a sense of security because mm-hmm. before that, I kind of felt like everyone was on the block. So. Oh, I feel like there was so much turnover in the last few years with the Jets. So, yeah, it's nice to have some stability, security, especially guys that have been there for a while and have had very good seasons, like especially with Hellebuck, a guy one of Vesna and, and Mark Streifley as well, who I'm pretty sure was their first ever draft pick as a Jets. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it feels like they got rid of the cancers in their locker room with Dubois and Wheeler, and now they're doing perfectly fine. So, that's good. Um, <laughs> LA keeps kind of catching strays while we're talking about these trades. So we're going to move on to just that. Um, So the LA Kings, I think, right. I think it was again, all-star weekend. They fired their head coach, Todd McClellan, and then replaced him with, I think it's Jim Hillier. And he'll, so he'll be the interim coach for, for the rest of the year. Um, I mean, I I don't disagree with them firing McClellan. I don't know much about Jim Hillier. If he's gonna be, if he's gonna make a difference there, I mean, I didn't really know who Chris Knobloch was, and look what the Oilers are doing. But hard not to look at that coaching market and see someone like Dean Evison, Jay Woodcroft. I feel there's, we've we've talked about this quite a bit with the the amount of coaches there on are on the market right now, and how many teams have made coaching firings. Like just looking at the longest tenured coach right now. Well, it's John Cooper, and then I think it's Mike Sullivan, and then it's Rod Brendamore, and then it's, I think, Sheldon Keefe, and that's it from, like, pre-2020 COVID. It's, I'm pretty sure I saw Dave Haxtell is in the first half, is, like, in the, the top, like, half of longest tenured coach. Like, it's it's crazy, and I think Luke Richardson's already in the top 20, so it's crazy the amount of like turnover with firing a head coach and how that just, that seems to be the move if your team is even, even struggling, but yeah, I think it's the right move to fire McClellan. I don't know if uh, the guy that they got to take over as their head coach, especially for the rest of the season. I don't know how it's going to work out. I mean, you got rid of him at the all-star break when there isn't games being played. So maybe he'll have time to, better get in the system but yeah that's man that's so tough for LA because we were talking about them as being a cup I mean at the beginning like when we did our end of the year predictions of for 2024 I was like oh LA could make the Stanley Cup final and face the Rangers and they've just they've gone free falling since then and and this is where they're at right now I, I don't know what do you got what do you guys think about this Reagan I'll let you go first yeah I mean I don't know again I've been a little bit busy. I didn't think LA started out that bad though this season. They started out great this season. Like they yeah. didn't lose a game on the road in like a, like almost two months, I think, to start the year. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. So I didn't necessarily think they even like fell off that bad. Maybe I missed something. So it kind of like surprised me a little bit at first. But then like like you said, like the coaching market right now, seeing all these guys that are available, I guess it kind of makes sense if they can find the right guy to take over at the end of the season and move on from there. But 
I don't know. Kind of shocked me at first, but the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. It's just a tough look that, like, if this guy doesn't figure it out, you're going to probably punt the season because yeah. Edmonton's white hot. Seattle has been sneakily very good the last 20 or so games. Um, yeah. You still have Vegas and uh, Vancouver just streaking. Vancouver's out of reach. Yeah. Yeah. They're streaking <laughs> at that point. Like, they, like I always say, for every bad coach, I can show you a bad goalie, but like, that, if you can't stop a puck, you're not making the playoffs. And I feel like this was the biggest fear with me, at least me going in with the Kings this off season. Like, yeah, Phoenix Copley was great last year and Cam Talbot could resurge. And he did for a little bit, but it's not sustainable. It's, it's just not the fact that they thought Cam Talbot at this age could be a starter or even a one a is questionable at best from their management. I want to say, and I will continue to say they traded for the wrong jet this offseason. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> can't, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I feel like we were all saying that when the trade happened. So, I don't know, man. Like, LA can clearly fix this. They have the talent. It's just, yeah. they're kind of getting built in a way that doesn't help them. Like, they're very strong on forward. I don't think their defense is as good as people think it is. Like they're they have it's some horrible, but well, it's not great. Yeah, it's kind of mid. <laughs> like your best defenseman is still Drew Doughty, which is fine. He's having a good year, but like, how long is that going to last? You know what I mean? Like he's in his thirties and mid thirties. Like this isn't something that's sustainable. Brant Clark, I thought would have been on the main roster by now, but clearly something is going on with his development to where he's not ready. Alex Turcott, I think, got his first goal. Like, I did see last that. week good for him, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, they have the talent, but I feel like the talent's just maybe in the wrong spots. Like, they're almost like the West Coast Leafs, just without that star power. Because it's, yeah, it's they just haven't a gone, small offense. Like, yeah, they haven't got on the first round. They're, their version of the Bruins or the Oilers right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. I I don't know, man. Like, maybe not missing the, maybe missing the playoffs this year is good for them. But I don't think that's what their management group wants. I don't think that's what the team wants. And Frankly, like you, you just fired your coach. You're not firing your coach to get worse. You're trying to fire him to get better. And mm. I don't think bringing in Babcock's former assistants is going to fix it. I was That's gonna say clearly they hired DJ Smith. They want to make the playoffs. <laughs> Yikes! Um, and hopefully, like Arvidsson coming back can help some things because I can get the like you could solidify the Dano line again. And then you can solidify oh, yeah. the Kopitar line, etc. But um. Oh man, it's looking bleak in LA and it's looked pretty bleak for the last month or so. And it hasn't gotten like, hopefully this all-star break has changed some stuff for them because they've had like a week or so to sit on it. But that, that month of January was brutal for them. Plain mm-hmm. Simple. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck. I was going to bring something up. I don't remember what I was going to say, but yeah. Um, like they're still in a play playoff spot. They control their own destiny, so it's not like they're out of it yet and like down and out, and they can't make it back. But looking, yeah, they're probably they're probably gonna go have to go through a wild card though, because with the way the Oilers are right now, like again, Vancouver's out of reach, and Vegas, despite you know, kind of something as well. Like they got off to such a like a hot hot start, and they've kind of been like five hundred since. Whereas like L.A. like. Feels like they only won a couple games in the month of January. So St. Louis in a playoff spot is crazy to me. Um, Nashville fell out. I hope Seattle makes a. They have been making a push, but mm-hmm. 
yeah um 23 15 and 10 um who knows maybe all they need is just like a three four game winning streak and, it, and it's fine because clearly the talent is there um but if they if they miss the playoffs like do they do they fire rob blake like is that a, that a thing that happens because i feel they've done a good job of of getting in prospects but i i don't know that again like missing the playoffs I don't think is the end of the world, especially now. Like we've seen teams miss the playoffs and come back and win the cup or have mm-hmm. deep playoff runs. I'm not saying like, oh, Kings should just tank and completely miss and try to get a top pick, but like if there's not really a way to improve your team now and, and your team is just not getting better with the coaching change, maybe you just gotta wait till the offseason to to look at that core and maybe look at some of the guys and just say that like we can't we can't do this, but also, there's the fact that Drew Doughty and Kopitar are still doing their part, are still very good, effective players. How many more years, how many kicks at the can are you going to have with those guys? So, yeah, it's it's not, I don't think it, it's not an easy to, uh, time in LA right now, but again, uh, who knows? Maybe they get the new head coach bump, win three, four games, and they're back in it. But I'm talking like they're, they're, they're like falling out, like they're still in a playoff spot, so they control their own destiny. So. Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys have anything else to touch to, to talk about the Kings, or we can move on to our our next topic here. No, we can move on. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, looking for a super offer for Super Bowl Fifty Eight? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into two hundred instantly in bonus bets. The odds for the Super Bowl are the San Francisco 49ers with 125 negative odds to win, and the Kansas City Chiefs have plus 105 odds to win. As for Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes has the best odds at 125, and Brock Purdy with 225. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources so another thing that was announced at the all-star i'm pretty sure gary bettman did do a, a press conference is that uh olympic hockey is coming back for 2026 and 2030 which i see that and obviously that's incredibly exciting but <laughs> i just i they said they wanted to go in 2022 it didn't happen there's still that that skeptical part of me that's saying i don't think they're going to go to olympics or they're going to make some kind of some kind of excuse to to not go that's that's what i feel but we had an episode at at the ending of last month well in in december and we kind of went over what our rosters were and we were in that at that point we weren't entirely sure if we were even to get a world cup of hockey it sounds like they're gonna do that too but olympics for 2026 2030 i'm excited for it i'm excited for the thought of it but again there's that part of me that's just thinking well what if they cancel this or like what if what if they just come up with a bullshit excuse 
like it seems like they have the past couple times that the Olympics has come up. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. Like, I think I'm, it's oh, sorry. exciting. I just don't necessarily believe it's gonna happen. Even if they put it close. Yeah. Like oh man, they're gonna cancel the all-star game next year so they can do the four man international play. <laughs> Whatever. Like send them in 2026 and I'll start believing. Mm-hmm. That's all mm-hmm. I'm gonna say about that, honestly. Because there's a, there's a lot of he said she said oh we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and then they get cold feet always so like you I said my thing especially with like the international tournament is like I feel like the first year they did like the World Cup of Hockey everybody loved it everybody was so excited about it and then they're like yeah we're gonna do it again and then they didn't and then like oh we're gonna do it again but it's only gonna be four teams and I'm like well, then what's the point <laughs> exactly I don't know. I think they and should. Then, sorry, you go. I think they should bring it back the way they had it the first time, with like especially with like team like North America and all that. But I guess that's not gonna happen. Well, I remember when we did that podcast where we predicted all our teams. I remember I was talking with Dylan and we like, yeah, there's like the the main country like Canada, U.S., Finland, <laughs> Sweden. I I mean I think it's I think it's still bullshit that Russia is included. I hope they are included by the next time, but it's probably not going to happen because yeah. politics, blah blah blah. But even smaller countries like the Czech Republic, Slovakia can make very Germany. good teams. Like even Switzerland too. I feel like I'm missing right. a couple other Germany, countries. like Germany. Yeah, Germany. That's the one. Really like yeah, you can make an eight first. team like an eight team tournament with eight teams that could especially if it's one and done like one like knockout stage like mm-hmm. any one of those teams if one of their goalies gets hotter they just have a pull like especially like germany like if leon dreisel just goes 2023 leon, leon dreisel mode like he could single-handedly carry the germans to victory and so for yeah i mean it's nice for seeing international hockey but it's four teams i i don't know i it just feels, feels like, like yeah it it's supposed to be like you know, international hockey you just have four four countries <laughs> that's you could do yeah. it you can do a better job like even when they do the right thing even when we want a, a world cup of hockey if that will help they still half-ass that so yeah like like i said i think the only positive i'm going to take out of like the 2025 stuff is i feel like that'll be the year we'll see like Crosby and McDavid finally, and we'll maybe see like if he's healthy, Kane and Matthews finally, which would be nice, even if he's just an extra. Like the, the idea of like having these generational like talents for each country, like Carlson and Darlene, like Hedman and them have never competed, or like they've only competed once together. Like there's gonna be stuff like that. It's gonna be really exciting, but also I feel like 2026 should be. They're like all the players should look at 2026 right now and be like, we need to have the best tournament possible because you need to show mm-hmm. all these sponsors. You need to show the owners that not only is this good for like morale and it's good for the players to not just piss them off the whole time because they haven't don't gone in almost 12 years now or will be 12 years by then, but it can lead to growth. It can lead to more eyes on the product. It can lead to more people watching. Like I, God, I cannot tell you how much the international audience needs to see some of these NHL players. And some of them don't see them at all, but the Olympics would show them. That's just how it is. For God's sakes. That's how we all found out. Kuro Kaprizov was a freaking stud was because he was at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Like, 
in Shostakin, I'm pretty sure was that the Olympics or, mm-hmm. or Sorokin, one of the two. But Dominic Cahoon, baby, on future. <laughs> Literally, man. Like I don't, I don't know, man. The Olympics just brings out the best, and like I just have a gut feeling that like if they all go to the Olympics, like. 37-year-old Anze Kopitar is going to find his way into like this bronze medal game or something with, mm-hmm. with Slovenia just because if you give them a shot, anything can happen. It's freaking hockey. Like, you know, all you got to do Latvia is... Latvia almost beat Canada in the 2014 Olympics, dude. Dude, all <laughs> you need is a hot goalie and some yeah. lucky point shots. That's all you need, and you can win a hockey game. It's, if you play structure... I should get it with Czech Republic in, in 98. Like, it, it can happen. going to do it with Slovakia. But, you know, it's great. <laughs> But um, yeah, like it's all exciting. Like when we talk about it, but like I just need to, I need to see it. Like they said, they mm-hmm. were going in twenty twenty or twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty twenty, yeah. They 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 were talking about going in twenty eighteen and then threw that out the window immediately. But like, I don't know. I I I'm just so sick of getting my hopes up for them just to get cold feet. That's all I have to say about that. To me, the bigger one is the 2018 one because, like, 2022, like, yeah, I still think they should have gone, but at least there, there was, like, the excuse of COVID. Like, an ideal world, they should have gone every Olympics. But 2022, I can be like, okay, fine, there's still kind of that that paranoia. But 2018, there was zero excuse for you not to go. And, it just, and yeah, there were great moments in that tournament. Always. Like, that Germany-Russia gold medal game was fun to watch, even though Germany... Like, Germany was a great underdog team, but I just when you're not seeing the best best on best like it's just if you bring it up 2014 is the last time and if we do have it in 2026 that's 12 years that's basically gta 5 to gta 6 12 years marty st louis had just gotten traded from the lightning or was about to get traded from the lightning and was an extra on that olympic team he is now the coach of the montreal canadians like Mm -hmm. it is too long too long like I'm like someone showed the old clip. It's like Price and Luongo are the goalies, and it's like mm-hmm. Subban talking to all of them. And dude, it's been too long. It's been too long. Like I'm sorry. You talk about wanting to get more eyes on the product and do this. Like I've said it for years. Like you need to commit to it. Like yeah, your words mean a lot. Actions mean a lot more. And I, I will die on that hill. <clears throat> One hundo p. Um. I don't really have any other closing thoughts, but like if it does happen, like it'll be, oh, it'll, be it'll, electric. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be the peak of peak. Like there's never been so much, like what's the word I'm looking for? What is the word they always say with the NHL? Like, and like, no, no, not, not that. Like, what's the, what's what, they like with the parody? NHL? It's always like parody. Yes. Like yeah. the teams will, like, there's, like it's not just Canada and the rest now. Like uh, to me, the U.S. has the best team, but like that means nothing. Like there's other teams in there that have just as good a chance. To just the best shot like, Jackie has had since like ninety eight. Twenty, yeah, literally. <laughs> and I think this is the best chance Slovakia has had in a hot minute, like long time. Uh, best chance Germany's had ever, arguably. Mm-hmm. Um, Switz looking pretty good. Yeah, like you said, man, it's parody. Like you make a, you can happen. make a case for any team to win. And There's like, no juggernaut. Be, yeah, you know what I mean. No, like no. Canada's great, obviously, but like it's not the same. Canada. Mark Edward Glass is not on that back end, and Carey Price is not in that net. This is a completely different, and they don't have Taves yeah. and Bergeron playing defense down the middle. Like this is, yeah, yeah this is a completely different Canada team. They're they still outscore you. That's for sure. 
Oh, they have the best. They still have the best high end talent. Are you kidding oh, me, on, Crosby? Yeah. Like, yeah. You could put a generational talent line together. I think that's a good start. But um, yeah, like it, like I feel like that's what makes it so interesting because like Canada's not just like three steps ahead of everyone anymore. Dude, it, it, it now. No. Like it wasn't yeah. that. It wasn't that for a little bit, but then it was for like fifteen years. I want to say, like Canada just kind of they had the elite talent, and they still do for some positions. It's just interesting to see how that stacks up against the other elite talent now. Cause like you could argue U S has two elite goalies. Russia's got three. Dude, the U S has Finland's five goalies. The U S has five goalies. That would be the best starting goalie on Canada. And same with probably Russia. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to say it, but also Peter Mrazek starting for Czechia. Yeah, I don't care. Hell yeah. <laughs> He's going to pull a hashtag. Him or Guyan. One of those two. No. This is going to happen. Gold medal game: Slovakia versus versus Czechia. Mrazek versus Kayan. Let's go. I think this is epic. <laughs> okay. And then NHL or Olympic scriptwriters, write that down. Write that down. Take a picture of all the Hawks going to the Olympics, and it's Peter Mrazek and Kayan like sitting like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But uh, yeah, like it, like you said, like it's, it's super exciting to talk about the Olympics. I just I'd rather talk about it. We need to see it happen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Like, I need to see them actually playing hockey for me to be like, oh, yeah, this is true. This is happening. Because, like, it could be a day before it starts, and they would be like, um, uh, we just can't do the tournament. The ice isn't right. I think we're just going to have to go back home. <laughs> You're the worst. You're the worst. And, oh. like, we're not. You know, like, this is not unreasonable skepticism here. Like, the NHL would do some, some shit like that. They've done nothing to give, a, give themselves the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. All right, guys. <laughs> oh man so, yeah, that's, that's about it there's not really much more topics to talk about like touched on both the trades touched on McClellan getting fired touched on the Olympics well hopefully coming back and then the all-star game <laughs> um what do you got well Smitty you went to Raw on, on last Monday right because we recorded <laughs> before then right how was that that was a lot of fun. Uh, I uh, so <laughs> so we got we get to our seats and like I bought like second row three hundreds. I don't like people in front of me. Like I I'll sit like first second row three hundreds. Like that's my preferred spot. So we get to our seats and uh, there's just like barricades blocked off, and I'm just like, all right, this is weird. Is that the drop talk- again, right? Uh, no, this one was at Amelie, so it's where that oh, he's where the lightning play. But um, the good team. <laughs> it was right next oh, to the Howie Bullen poster, but um, <laughs> which they actually have right next to it. I'm not kidding. But um, I mean, we talked that's to the usher, and they're just like, "Yeah, there's gonna be a camera there when." Uh, Bro, you got to talk to Usher? Oh, that's so epic! He's I performing wish, at the man. Super Bowl. <laughs> and then he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." In my ear it was crazy. And then he said, "Watch this. These are my confessions." I hate that. That's just so lame. Oh my god. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no. So they so they give us new seats and like they're in the one hundreds. I'm like that's sick because like my buddy Keegan who I went with he's like well there's seats everywhere they can give us seats like it hasn't filled yet and we get we get down to those seats and someone gave like the people who like apparently there's cameras all around the three hundred so someone else had this problem too they had the exact same seats we were given so we had to get moved again and uh, I ended up missing CM Punk's entrance because of that so I was real fucking pissed I would have been oh I looked at him dead in the eye and I was like fuck you guys you guys just wasted like so much of my time being stupid 
and they're mad at me because I didn't remember like the usher's name. And it's like, sorry, it's a dark arena. And uh, I'm just trying to get to my seat. This is not something that I intend to deal with when I buy tickets online for an event. That's fine. Uh, event was fun. Uh, I got sick off it. That was, that wasn't fun, but um, yeah, it was a great time going to live wrestling is always fun, but you know, <laughs> I am hopefully going to raw in June. I think it's in any like the last week of June. And that's like the one thing I haven't seen yet. I've been to a SmackDown. I was at fast lane. So I've been to like a pay-per-view and I've gone to like two, like the couch the shows, shows. That televised, which those are so much fun. Mm-hmm. I literally saw Roman Reigns defend his title against Rey Mysterio, and it was <laughs> nuts. So hopefully I get to go see Raw in June, but I'm also just scared that by that point, Punk is still going to be hurt, and Seth Rollins is going to be like gone. I'm like, well, those are my two favorite wrestlers, and they're both just gone right now. Well, you said it's in June? Mm-hmm. I'll be back by then. That's Seth- what I was thinking, but... Yeah, Punk's injury is seven months tops, but it's like four minimum. So I bet like so I what happened with him? Because I remember right after we we're done recording the podcast, he sent out that chat that he's injured. Uh, so like five minutes into the Royal Rumble match, he like takes a DDT and like tears his tricep. So mm-hmm. oh yeah, can't. It's can't funny really. to me that everyone's like, "Oh, he looks awful. He looks so out of shape." Literally, like the he, whole match, everyone's bitching about Punk looking gassed. <laughs> Fucking it's tore like, his tricep because he's hurt. It's like, yeah, you try picking up someone for a move where you got to use your arm like this mm-hmm. and you don't have a tricep. Like, I can't imagine that's easy, let alone hitting a clothesline or a punch. And yeah. he did another 20 minutes in that match at least. So mm-hmm. if he doesn't tear his tricep, he looks fine the entire match. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because, like, the downward. <laughs> The, the the booking decisions that company has made the last not even 72 hours is terrible can't yeah uh terrible would be a word i'm trying to find the word that i'm looking for unforgivable is maybe one yeah i uh, can't turn it's something that they can't really like you could obviously 180 because if you want to with the backlash but they're not they won't no. they're gonna they set up a whole thing to have two world titles again. And this whole situation is going to cause for a title unification at SummerSlam. Yep. It's going to be really stupid. Like, yeah, Cody's going to win both titles. Cool. Probably. That'll be awesome. But also like this shouldn't have fucking happened. Mm-hmm. You don't have back-to-back rumble winners for the first time since like I was born in 98 with Stone Cold Steve Austin and him just kind of get cucked by the fucking tooth fairy. Like I'm just... I'm not over. Those are words I've so never bad. thought I would hear get cucked by the tooth fairy. <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. It makes and now this loser's bad. trying to politic his way to like ending Roman's 12 or 1200 day reign. Like I just I will be so checked out of wrestling if that happens. And like it doesn't help that punks hurt because now I don't have anything to really care about. I just want to say it's so fucking funny to me that like the promo when he was talking to Cody, he's like, yeah. This is exactly what's going to happen. Some guy who doesn't even wrestle anymore is going to come in and take your spot. And it's exactly what happened. And I was like, I can't. Like, yeah. I've only been in wrestling for like a year now. And it already is pissing me off so bad. I, to, like, I, I've been texting Rose about it this weekend. I, I, this is about as defeated as I felt like 11 years ago. 
when Punk's title ring got ended by The Rock mm-hmm. because The Rock wanted to make a big comeback because he thinks he's the hottest fucking thing. And fun fact, this is back when pay-per-view buys were a thing. That was the lowest fucking buy rate for a pay-per-view in over a year when he did that shit. I wish pay-per-view buy rates were a thing for this. They're not anymore. It's on fucking streaming. So we're not going to be able to measure it like that. But oh, Rock's a fucking ticket mover. Oh wait, what's that? They already sold out both nights over a month ago? Yeah, real Dude, this guy's this guy's ego is fucking insane. And I I don't care what amount of good things that guy does. Your ego will always shadow everything you do. Kind of like another really fucking powerful man that's now getting tr- in trouble, not saying he's done bad things like that. I'm just saying they both have a extremely huge ego that gets in their way. Like, yeah, all of us can be cocky at times, but not like I've never seen a man's ego just blindly force himself into an equation that was not needed. And also keep in mind, they wanted to do this with him a year ago. And he said he was not in shape. The rock was not in shape for a wrestling match. last. Well, he year. was filming black Adam. If that's what I, I don't know. What, Dude, what literally I, the, the downfall of Black Adam is the cause of this, and I will die on that hill. That dude fucked his whole way out of DC and needs good PR, so he's gonna do this, and he's end up he's gonna end up getting worse PR, honestly. But you know he's gonna find whatever bootlickers are gonna be like, go interview him, and he'll go do it. But it's all right. His next five movies are gonna flop. This his fucking main event's gonna flop, and uh, I'm not gonna wish injuries on people. Like, there, like yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna wish injuries on people, but the last guy, this guy, last time this dude wrestled, he tore his quad five minutes into a 20 minute match. Don't get your fucking hopes up. He's 11 years older now. It's, it's after two years of extremely good or a year and a half of very good booking by Triple H. This dude just got fucking sat and put on a leash by The Rock. It's insane. It's genuinely yeah. insane. Based off of what like my boyfriend and all of his friends were saying, like when I started to get into wrestling, it was probably about like when Triple A turned the booking everything. And I'm like, wow, this is great. Why haven't I watched this my entire life? Because this is actually so fun. And now I'm just getting upset. <laughs> yeah, because most of the time they used to make decisions like this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's a reason everyone is paralleling this to what happened to Daniel Bryan a decade ago, except the difference is Daniel Bryan wasn't even in the Royal Rumble because they knew he was going to get backlash. They fucking, they pulled, they twisted the knife with us with Cody after a two year story and building the whole year with the story that he's going back for Roman. It's also just the fact that like, literally there's literally, I've seen the TikTok, I've seen it on Twitter. That when he wins the rumble, he turns and he points at Roman and he says, I was you there. Roman, he I'm coming right. you. The box Roman was in was under us. So he's pointing at us. And we're like, what is he doing? And then we see it on the TV. And it's Roman sitting in the press box with Paul Heyman stressing. That was less than a week before what happened. Uh, it's, it's fucking insane. It's insane. And that's why as a wrestling fan, like anyone that ever tells you to like let it play out, don't listen to him. No. Don't listen to him. I I I stopped listening to that like 2015, 16. That's kind of when I tapped out of wrestling for a couple of years just because it got so bad. And like, I don't know. We I hope it doesn't head towards that direction because there's so much good stuff on the card. Like the women's division is so fucking good right now. And it's getting overshadowed by this crap, which is kind of pissing me off. 
I'm like not gonna the, lie. I thought the women's rumble was so much better. Than oh, it was fucking amazing. So good. It was the best match of the night, bar none. It was that, then the then the Kevin Owens match, then the men's rumble, in my opinion. I was like, really surprised with like how good the Kevin Owens match was. So I'm like, well, Kevin's more like a fighter and Logan Paul's more like the high flyer. So it's like, I don't know how this is gonna turn out, but it was so good. And Logan was ground and pounding. It was awesome. Like what? Like the Logan Paul? Yeah. But like wow. the, there's at least four women's storylines that are way better than what's going on right now. There's a couple men's storylines that are arguably really good. I like what they're doing with the tag division. I like what they're doing with Gunther. I like what they're doing with Logan Paul. I think he's going to be in the elimination chamber later. Mm-hmm. But like all that doesn't matter if the main event you're building to is going to leave such a bad taste in everyone's mouth. And yeah, of course, they're doing this for like the 40-year-old fan who hasn't watched since like 2003. And it's like, oh my God, that's my fucking hero. Which, like, yeah, everyone does that with their favorite hero in wrestling. But this is a different level. The, this whole move is targeted at a general... This is... And I get it. You want to get eyes to the product for WrestleMania. This isn't a WrestleMania that needed a knee-jerk move like that. I'll leave it at that. I, I can I can rant about this for another 30 minutes. I'm going to stop myself, though. <laughs> Damn, you all should start a wrestling podcast. No. No. Nope. <laughs> that means I have to watch it. And I don't want to watch all of them. I watch what I want. <laughs> so give me a reason why I should be a wrestling fan. Well, I was going to tell you to watch this year's WrestleMania, but this year's WrestleMania is getting fucked by injuries and bad booking. So I, I'll i just, like, next time you hang out, I'll show you some really good matches and Hell you can yeah. be the judge. Both I mean, men's I've, and women's. I've only been into it for, like, a year-ish now, Pierce. So there's still a lot that i don't know and my boyfriend likes to me a lot of like old matches which are really fun but i don't know <laughs> he's in the kitchen nodding and smiling <laughs> um, yeah this mania is not gonna be as fun as last year's i feel like and last year was like my first like mania experience oh wrestlemania 39 was incredible like mm-hmm. honestly night one was probably one of the best nights of wrestlemania they've had in over a decade probably since 28 in my opinion and then night two was very good up until the very end. And yep. now that we're seeing what's transpiring, it's even worse. Because Cody should have fucking ended it last year at Mania. And guess what? None of this is a problem if that's the case. Roman doesn't have a belt. You could just do Rock Roman and Main Event Mania anyway. Mm-hmm. Whatever. All this to beat a racist record. Just remember that. All this just to beat a racist record. Gotta love wrestling, man. Gotta love wrestling, man. It's insane. One of the most complicated things. Yeah, it's like every sport just has problems. It's not just hockey. Yeah, these problems are different, though, because they can control them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. they book and script everything. So you can mm-hmm. make sure that this doesn't happen. And what's funny is, Pierce, they did that up until Friday. <laughs> like, they really did up until Friday. It's whatever, though. I'm not going to lie. Because, like, I'm not going to lie. I don't watch SmackDown often because usually I stuff going on Friday, especially like fuel games. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of times I'll have like raw on for at least like the first like hour or two. And I was starting to get a really iffy feeling when Cody was out there and then Seth came out, I was like, yeah, you should fight me. I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. And then Friday happened and I was like, well it's not only that too, Pierce. It's the fact that while doing all this and like fucking up Cody's story, they have absolutely made Seth Rollins one look like a bitch, two no. look like 
Two look like desperate, which is something your champion should never fucking look. And three, they have completely just degraded the world heavyweight title to the point to where I don't even know why Cody should go for that. And if he does, it makes him look like a bitch. Because Roman fucking threw that thing in the dirt and smeared Seth's face in it while he was at it. It was bad, dude. <laughs> fucking dragged him like a dog through the house for like five straight minutes. And I and now they're going to say Cody's going to go for that belt. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this is absolutely unfathomable booking. Like, I haven't seen this type of booking in WWE in, WWE in at least fucking nine years. It, it's insane. I don't know, man. They had such a good hot streak, too. That's the crazy part. And they still do for a lot of stuff, but the main event is cooked. The main event is absolutely cooked. Something, something, booger in the cake. Dude, something. Like, <laughs> the layer of booger on the cake. Like, it's insane. It's just covered in... There's just a layer of mucus on it at that oh, point. It sounds like... <laughs> like I had to like I had to explain it to my friend who was just like I'm excited for Roman versus Rock and then he looked at it for a little bit and I was just like dude this is like Game of Thrones season eight and he was like oh I get it now I was like yep <laughs> yep now you get it <laughs> I mean I I haven't watched uh, anything of like Game of Thrones but I knew I remember when season eight was out like just the Twitter reactions oh my yeah. lord <laughs> I watched, watched. Game of Thrones, but I just remember everyone hating it. Just think it everyone thinks it's going one direction and it didn't, and no one liked the direction it went. I know. Yeah, there you go. That's all you need to know. And on top of that, it's the final season. So yeah, leave the worst taste in your mouth on the way out. <laughs> nice. And that's what this is, in my opinion, at least. Other people can have their opinion. You could love Roman vs. Rock. I really don't care. This is my opinion. I think it's stupid. <laughs> You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> well, well, well. Like, Roman versus Rock is like the match we've all wanted for like years. And it never happened. And now that it's finally happening, it's like happening. It's like, well, it's like what we wanted, but at the same time. It's not the match. It's how they got to the match. Yeah. They booked themselves into a corner. And it's not a corner. It's a corner that's, I guess, easy to get out of. But you have to talk down a massive ego to do it. And that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. If that match, if you go already shoehorned his way into the equation, you're not shoehorning his way out. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Fucking. Well, I thought you could talk to me and be like, oh, I understand. I will go. <laughs> yeah, tell The Rock to like take a step back. That'll be that'll go over so well, man. Everything he touches turns to freaking shit. God. Whatever. <clears throat> well, well, well. <laughs> I actually really like listening to you guys talk about wrestling. I like, I just like, I like listening to you guys have conversation. I just don't really know much about, but I'm like fascinated by like how much you guys know and like how much you guys are passionate about. So I always, I always enjoy that to be honest. Like, I'm oh, sorry, Reagan. I think wrestling is that thing where it's like every time I watch, I'm like, this is so dumb. Like, why do I watch this shit? And then I'm like, okay, but it's fun. But then it pisses me off. I'm like, that's sports. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure, like these are like sports are like predetermined, but at the same time, it makes me so angry sometimes. Yeah, it. Ugh, wrestling is a fucking interesting animal. That's all I'll say about it. At the end of the day, yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. Oh, I know the last note I was going to say though. This should tell you how bad the booking is. Where two of the biggest Seth Rollins fans are not happy that Seth Rollins is facing Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Any other world, that sounds fucking amazing. Not this one. Now it sounds terrible. 
and that shouldn't be the case, but it is. So like literally before I got to enter wrestling, when I was like 13, when the Hawks were in their 13 cup run, that's when I found CM Punk on Twitter. I didn't even know he was a wrestler at the time. I was like, I don't know who this guy is. Oh, he's just a big Hawks fan. He's cool. And then I found out that he was a wrestler. I'm like, I don't watch wrestling, but I like him and he's my favorite. And then I actually got into it. And I'm like, I love Seth Rollins. And I'm just upset. Should have had Seth versus Punk in Mania. We yep. should if we all we could have had it all. Oh well. I feel like that's the main event we all wanted. Plus, yep. the only thing either of them have ever wanted to do is main event mania, and we could have had it. When I say this whole card got effed in a week, Pierce, it got effed in a week. It's insane. This was gonna be an all-time WrestleMania card, and I'd argue at least three matches have gotten scrapped. Probably four now that Brock's had his whole thing happen because they were going to do Brock versus Gunther, and now that's not happening anymore. So, gotta love it. <laughs> gotta love it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're gonna have the podcast here. Let's you guys, you know, have any ending notes or nah, anywhere, <laughs> anywhere to talk about wrestling. We can, we can stop it here. Nah, it was, a, it was, it was fun having you on as always, Dylan, but it was also having, having fun having Reagan back. It's nice yeah. to have you back. It feels like we haven't had you on since like, I know it's all like it's a couple hard months because I feel like we record a lot on like Fridays and put the weekend during the fuel play always. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> 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 hockey. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to be better at the schedule. Like, we'll record, try to record Thursday night and then get out Friday morning. Like, I'm trying to do Monday, Friday, one week, and then Wednesday, the next. But this kinda... week is weird, and the fuel play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which now that I think oh. about it makes sense because the Super Bowl is on Sunday, so they probably can't have Sunday. Yeah. So the this weekend, I might not be able to, but hopefully next week I can be back. I'm hoping we can at least get you on once a week, you know? Yeah. I think that's that's a good goal. But yeah, come, going up to the trade deadline, we'll do, I think, two per week and then we'll kind of alternate off. And then once we get to April, we'll do two a week with the playoffs and stuff. We'll do some live streams with the games. So, yeah, it was it was fun having you guys on. And to our amazing listeners, please give us a five-star rating on your preferred podcast platform, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And if you're watching our beautiful faces on YouTube, um, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you don't miss any new podcasts. So, yeah, thank you for tuning in.